We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Martin Mayhew is now talking at the Combine up there in Indianapolis at the Lucas Oil Arena. Let's take a listen. think about but you know one of the biggest mistakes I made in my career was assuming that Aaron Donald was too small you know and a lot of people thought that 12 other teams thought the same thing because he went 13th uh, but obviously you got to take into consideration what measurables that you want and desire but you also have to look at what a guy can do what they're capable of doing um, and um, clearly you, you can't make a decision based off that I don't think you got to watch the tape evaluate who that guy is get to know that person as a get to know that player as a person um, and make an ultimate decision of what he can contribute to your team despite what his measurables are. This year we have not done a lot of deal talking. Uh, at, at this point, we have several agent meetings uh, that we're doing, meeting with some of the agents from some of our players. Um, but uh, it varies from year to year. If you have somebody who you're trying to move or if you have somebody who you've targeted on a different team that you're trying to get, you know, you spend a lot of time on that. Uh, this year so far, I haven't spent much time on that. Um, that was 1988. That was a long time ago. So I don't remember a whole heck of a lot about it. I remember I ran pretty good. I remember I got seven reps on the bench. I was pretty embarrassed <laughs> about that. Um, but, yeah, it's changed a lot since then, and for the better, I think. Um, I think uh, the interview process has changed a lot, which has been really, really beneficial as far as getting to know these guys, um, having the opportunity to do that. Um, a lot of the other data that we collect now, we didn't collect back then. A lot of psychological testing that we're able to do now we didn't do back then. It's gotten a lot better, a lot more sophisticated, obviously a lot more people here. Uh, now you have fans there and, uh, you know, obviously a lot more of you guys here as well. Uh, before, I think the goal was initially to get medical information and then do a little on-field workout and, and get to know these guys a little bit. Um, it hasn't changed dramatically in terms of the goals, but the, the method to get to those answers has changed a lot, and it's a lot more efficient. Yeah, Senior Bowl has been outstanding. Jim Nagy's done an incredible job uh, getting that uh, revamped and uh, resituated. Their interview process has been incredible. We get to talk to every single guy that's there which is really helpful uh, for us. Um, and every year I go to the Senior Bowl, since I've been going for the last 20 years or whatever, there's always a guy or two that catches your eye that you haven't seen before or don't know as much about. Um, thinking back um, to, I think it was 2014 or 15, um, I think it was 15, it was the year we drafted Lake and Tomlinson. Um, there was a, a corner safety there that I didn't know hardly anything about. I knew his name, and that was pretty much it. But he had an incredible week of practice. Um, we ended up taking that guy uh, in the sixth round, Quandre Diggs. We ended up being an all-pro. Um, and he caught my eye at the Senior Bowl. So I think there's a lot of benefit for players to go there, um, and we certainly derive a lot of benefit from it. You know, we're still working through that process with Eric. He's only been there for a couple of days. I've seen him in the office, I think, two days. 
Um, and I just saw him at, at the hotel uh, a while back. So we're, we're, we're still evolving with that process with him and trying to figure out exactly uh, you know, what, what he's going to be looking for at different positions. Um, we have some thoughts, obviously. But we're going we're gonna to blend all that, and we'll get into free agency and get into the draft and start getting input from him, and we'll make some of those decisions down the road. Yeah, we lean on our coaching staff. Our coaches do a great job evaluating players. Uh, that's one thing I think that Coach Rivera's done a really good job of putting the staff together of guys that know what they're looking at. Um, so we lean on those guys a lot. Eric would be very involved in the process. We definitely lean on him and Jack as coordinators to know what they want uh, with, with the, as far as uh, skill set um, and what they look for in certain players. So Eric will be very involved in that. I think what's going on is I think some of the coaches are not coming. All the general managers are here as far as I know. All the personnel departments are here. This is really an event, uh, an opportunity for us to see these guys live. There's a lot of guys who you haven't seen and sit down and talk with these guys one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I don't know the whole you know background of each why each coaching staff or each team made that decision. Um, frequently that decision is made by a GM or an owner that says there's no, there's not enough value for you to go, you know. Um, our coaches are, are, are all here, all participating. They're all involved in the interview process. We think there's value in that uh, for them being able to sit down and talk to these guys face to face. Um, we had a great interview with Brian Robinson last year, but we left that interview with some questions about you know, the questions we want to ask Brian further. And we brought him into our building for a 30 visit. And we got answers to all those questions, and it worked out very well for us. So we think there's a lot of value in having the coaches involved in this process, especially the interview process. You listen to Martin Mayhew at the Combine uh, in his press conference. This is B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. Jalen Carter. And uh, I, I read the news, and I know as much as you, as you do about that be pretty heavily investigated by the media and by you guys I think uh, we'll, we'll track that obviously we have a we have a company that we work with on background investigations and we'll work with that company we have very uh, very thorough analysis of these guys backgrounds especially any criminal activity or criminal behavior things like that I don't know what happened with him I'm not saying he did anything that was wrong because I don't know uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll know we'll, we'll find out we do it for everyone Everybody, yeah. So we do a very thorough background check on everybody. Yeah, I think it's something you've got to look at, uh, you know, more uh, extensively or look deeper into it and just what a player's numerical age is. You know, how much football did he play, you know? Did he play a ton of football? Is he a running back? Did he get 600, 700 carries? You know, those are the things that will, will concern you more than what his numerical age is. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll look at that. I think, you know, the NILs and the uh, transfer portal have changed college football as we know it. Um, a lot of people think that's, that's not good. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad. I do know one thing that's positive that came from it, though, is that we don't see as many guys who are going to be seventh-round picks or free agents declaring for the draft now because they can go to their school. If their family doesn't have any money, they can earn some money at the school. If they're not happy with how they're being used or with their coaching staff, they can transfer to a different school. So we're seeing a smaller number of guys that are coming out early, I think, for that reason. Um, and I think there is some benefit to, to those college players having opportunities, other options besides coming into the draft when they're not really ready for it. 
This is Martin Mayhew talking at the Combine. This is the NFL, and it's 2023. You would think they would have a microphone for the reporters to ask their question, but you're listening to Martin Mayhew here on 106.7 The Fan, B. Mitch and Finley. Yeah, we evaluate that pretty thoroughly. It is really good tight end class, I believe. Uh, I think we have a really good group of tight ends, you know. Um, I think, you know, Logan Thomas has been a very good player for us in the past. As you know, Cole Turner had one of the best offseasons that I've had, that I've seen a young tight end have. And then he got injured in training camp and suffered some soft soft uh, tissue injuries during the season. We didn't see fully what, what Cole is capable of, of, of doing, Cole Turner. Um, and then Amari. Uh, Armani, rather, uh, also as an undrafted free agent, a guy who moved to tight end last year, um, really showed some some very uh, intriguing flashes. And obviously, John Bates is a very complete guy as a blocker and as a receiver. Uh, and then we've got Curtis Hoskins, who's uh, who's uh, was on the injured reserve last year, who came off last year. We didn't activate him. But he is very, very talented. So we've got a nice group of young pups out there that, that look pretty good. Say, so do I think? Yeah, well, I want to give some, some credit to my old teammate, Deion Sanders, for shining a light on black colleges and, and HBCUs. Uh, I think it was pretty incredible what he did down in Jackson, in, at Jackson State in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that did it the right way. He was a high school coach. Uh, he went and became a college coach. Uh, he dominated at that level, and now he's moved on to, to Colorado. And I think he really shined a light on it on HBCUs. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida, so Florida A&M was a school I was very familiar with. I went to all their games when I was in high school. They offered me a scholarship. I ended up going to Florida State. But um, so I, my mom went to Florida A&M, as a matter of fact. So um, I, I, I really appreciate what he's been able to do for HBCUs. And uh, I think we're going to see more kids that are willing to go to HBCUs to play because that light's been shined on those schools now. They're getting more, more, uh, they're getting more games on television. They're more, much more visible than what they were four or five years ago. All right, this is Martin Mayhew talking at the Combine. And uh, in 2023, at the NFL Combine, you would think they would have the wherewithal to have microphones for the reporters to ask questions because we do stream these things and send them back. You hear Martin clearly. Uh, and he talked about a lot of different things. And when it, he was talking about the background checks, and I think someone asked him, well, do you all do that for fifth-rounders as well? Hell, yeah, they do it for fifth-rounders. I was a fifth rounder, and I had so much stuff being asked to the police department about me in my hometown that I was a little concerned <laughs> like, because my name is Brian Keith Mitchell. My brother was Michael Brian Mitchell. If you just say Brian Mitchell, you don't know which one you're talking about. And my brother did have a record, <laughs> and many people in the NFL at first thought it was me because there was a guy who played football with me in college. I mean, high school. And his dad blames me for him not getting a scholarship. His son sucked. All right? He was a very good student. He and I are friends today. He talk about it. But his dad was telling the NFL and the people that were coming that 
that was my record. You know what I'm saying? He later on he got caught doing some stuff illegal and went to prison. So good for his ass because he tried to derail mine early on. In fairness, though, it might have been your fault he didn't get a scholarship because you made him look terrible by comparison. He was a receiver. Yeah, the, I well, throw the ball to him, hit him in the chest, he drop it. I'm not throwing you no more. That's it. You, if you were, you know, if you weren't so good at passing, then he'd be like, well, he dropped a terrible pass. But the other two receivers were better than he was. But, you know, I think, I think many people look at the combine and they just look at the actual going to Indianapolis and, and, and people being at the bars, all of the owners and the coaches and the media people. But it, it, it's a lot more that goes into it, and it doesn't just automatically start when you get to, to uh, Indianapolis. Once the season ends is when it starts. Because what they're going to do, they want most of them will have someone or some inkling of what's going on your last game. Let's say I finish the last game at 2.02. Show up at the combine, I'm 2.15. Unless I was trying to gain weight and I, I gained it the right way, that's that's not a good thing. Or someone that blew up, so or someone who didn't do anything. A lot of guys finish their football season in college. They start thinking about the pros. Nobody works out. They don't do anything. They start hanging around doing stuff. They want to find out, are you lazy? Are you dedicated to this crap? Do you truly love football? Or do you love the lifestyle of football? And they're asking everybody. I had elementary school teachers get asked questions. I had people, you know, in co- oh, they were all over my college. They were asking some students. So luckily I wasn't a dude walking around campus just being an ass all the time. But they were asking all kind of people different things because they want to know. They're about to invest in you. And think about when I came out of college in 1990. The money is way huge. Is huge. It's way larger now. So at this point, they're they're probably asking more questions, doing more research to find out what you're about. But then once you get there, and I, I haven't been through the whole process in years, but they used to have you do the Cybex machine, this leg thing. And then the next day they had you run the 40. And I'm like, I asked the guy, I say, like, uh, does this make any sense? Me, me being, <laughs> he said, what do you mean? I say, why would I do this leg machine and I'm supposed to run a 40 tomorrow? That's going to definitely mess up a lot of people. He said, well, if you're working out, well, what if some guys don't run after they work out? And we had a lot of people have slower times than they normally would. They don't care. You know, but you go there, you do the, the broad jump. You do you know the broad jump, the the high, I mean the vertical, the shuttle, you got the 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 four square thing type shuttle, you run your 40, you go through some stuff. All that stuff is supposedly important, but the medical stuff is what's most important. I know the um the head of the players union, uh, Demora Smith, he's not a big fan of the combine because he doesn't think it's in the players' interest. Do you do you agree with him? It, it, I would think that a lot of guys would would look at it like like, I knew you've heard me mention Mike Mamula before. Mike Mamula was average in college. Went to the combine, ran 4-6, and the Philadelphia Eagles picked him in the first round. Mike Mamula should have never been drafted in the first, second, or third round. But the combine has swayed 
NFL people to go get other guys. But my thing is, you look at three to four years of camp, of uh, practice, uh, practice games, film. You get to watch the guy in action. What the hell makes a guy in track spikes or certain types of shoes in just shorts and a shirt or not a shirt at all? What makes that 40-yard dash better than the four years, three years you just finished watching them? That part always seemed particularly ridiculous to me. You know, you have like a quarterback who throws, you know, 40 touchdowns his senior year, but his three-cone drill wasn't good enough. So now we're not going to draft him. That seems absurd. It's absurd as hell, but I think it's – you've heard many descriptions and comparisons of what it feels like. Yeah. You here you are standing in some – we had these little tight gray, like, shorts, but they were, like, tight with shirt, and you just stand on the stage, and you turn around, and they just gawking at you. Doesn't it ain't, it ain't the best feel, but you understand what it's going through to get to the job, so you do that. But I would think that what I did for four years would be better than what I could do for two days or so. And then bench press. Who on the football field, when do you grab a, a, a bar and just start bench pressing it? You know, Martin said he did seven. I didn't bench press at the combine. I, I, I went to the combine as a quarterback. So we didn't bench press. When they came to my school, I bench pressed, and I racked it at 20. And the guy was like, you could have done more? I'm like, yeah. He said, why, why didn't you do more? I said, well, I didn't see any other running backs or quarterbacks do that much, so why would I keep doing it? I mean, it doesn't make much sense to me. Like I was told by Dan Riley, the strength coach when I got here, the bench press helped you do one or two things. Push yourself off the ground when you got knocked on your ass and then push somebody off the top of you when they knocked you on your ass. Point blank. So I didn't care too much about the bench press. But we're going to take a quick break here. It's B. Mitchell Finley. We'll be right back. And uh, JP was there, so he got a chance to hear the questions and the answer so he can better react. I'm going to react based off of some of the things he says. Based off of the questions, I can derive a little bit of what the – based off the answer, I can derive what the question was. Be Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Be Mr. Finley, 1067 The Fan. JP is out at the Combine. Trying to get all type of interviews, so he kind of just left us. Uh, but, you know, we we used to this. We do it when we get, we get a chance. But Martin Mayhew just finished talking. Also, I want you all to understand... After we go off today at 2 o'clock, Grant and Danny will have a special, special guest at 3. Jahan Dawson will be joining them. I've been impressed by the young man ever since I first heard him. And Grant was like, man, that kid right there. So I would say make sure you don't miss that interview right there at 3 o'clock. Jahan Dawson on the Grant and G&D, G&D show. But just going through the combine a little bit. And uh, once JP get back, we'll break down a little bit more of Martin Mayhew, as I stated, he had the chance to listen to the questions and the answer. When we sit here, we all can hear Martin Mayhew talking, so we had to try to figure out what the damn question was. And I'm just, I'm amazed that in 2023, at the NFL Combine, a major, major 
uh, part of the NFL season starting to get underway that they don't have the, uh, the, the wherewithal to let us have the opportunity to listen to everything, question and answer. But go through the combine a little bit more. Um, as I was uh, telling JP uh, before, how they, they come in and when you get there, they herd you around like cattle. And, 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 and it's not like you're just running rampant because I'm going to be honest, the way that they got us up early in the morning all the way to the end of the night, that was nothing else I wanted to do. Now, there are a lot of ages around, and the ages are – they. but I would think if you had the combine at this point, but back in my day, you probably already had your agent. Today, you might already have one. So ultimately, we're going to find out uh, that you, you, your agent is there to try to make sure – one of the agents that's trying to steal clients, don't get messed up <laughs> and things of that nature, or don't try to take you from them. But the, the whole combine thing, it comes down to being your best at that moment. When I got to the combine, there weren't a lot of people that were basically having these training facilities that they only taught you things that were going to happen at the combine. In this day and age, you can go to places where all they teach is broad jump, vertical, shuttles, 40-yard time, because they know what people are going to be expecting. People go through things as far as going through interview processes to where they're going to tell you what you're supposed to be saying, how to answer questions, and things of that nature. You know, you they do all this different stuff. But it is a business now. The combine is totally a business. It is no longer just about, oh, they're coming in. But there are people who are wondering, is it necessary? Martin Mayhew was just talking about the Senior Bowl. Every team has representation there. Most coaches go. Most GMs go. Front office people, scouts. So if you're doing that and then you get a chance to watch the people play, why do you need to have this one weekend where they just go up there and do all this stuff? Hell, they're there for a whole week. They could do all of this stuff, including with the including the Senior Bowl, the East-West Ryan, whatever you want to do. And I think it's, it's very, very possible, instead of going to Indianapolis, to just run, talk, and move. You, you, they need to start judging things more on football, you know, Um there are not many times that you get on a football field and just run a 40-yard dash. You have to be impromptu. You got to be reactionary and things of that nature. And watching real football is the best way to figure that out. Real football is watching the practices at the Senior Bowl. Real football is watching the game at the Senior Bowl. Having those conversations that you have at the Combine. I just think the NFL has a mindset where they want to control stuff from the beginning of the year, which is playoff push, playoff games, Super Bowl. Take off a few weeks, combine. Take off a few weeks, league, league uh, year is starting. OTAs. They don't want to ever be out of, out, out of sight, out of mind. But they can figure out other ways. The combine probably garners, laughing my right on this, people say they don't, they're not going to watch the combine. But doesn't the Combine have better ratings than a lot of people's games, other, other leagues' regular season games? Phil, 
Now, if you're not listening to me right now, the combine, doesn't the combine ratings sometimes, they they are better than baseball, basketball, their regular games? Yeah, I mean, the combine ratings are good. It's definitely a TV <laughs> event. It, it's, but I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Sitting there, watch somebody just run. I'd much rather watch the football games instead of the little drills. I, I, I Running a 40 time, watching somebody run a 40 has never been exciting to me. Especially watching them broad jump. Because I asked the question, when the hell do you broad jump on a, on a football field? The vertical, I understand. But the broad jump? Nobody ever just stands feet squared up and jump far. It, it, it's not possible. But it is something that they do. It's another criteria that they're asking you to do. And I know anybody out there listening right now, you could probably tell me that, you know, well, I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that. You're at your work, you're at your job right now, and they ask you to do certain things that probably don't make sense, but you do it. And the people that are going to the combine are guys who are trying to start a career, get into something new. But a lot of people now are starting to push towards ending the combine. Would that be a smart thing? Or bad thing. Because what I what I have a problem with, you can draft underclassmen. Why is the senior bowl just for seniors? If a guy is coming out of college, he should be able to go and play too. The combine was normally for seniors. If a guy is coming out of college to go to the pros, he should be able to go too. So it should not be just about seniors anymore because we have advanced beyond just seniors coming out of school to be able to go to the next level. So at this time, I think the NFL has to go back and try to revamp and learn a little bit more about the combine, all right? But in Martin's talk, he talked about the tight ends. And for me, yes, I wanted to ask JP this. JP just said the hell with uh, the show. Uh, but do you all see the talent at tight end being at a point that we are totally satisfied with it? Or do you think... They need something a little bit more sexy, somebody a little bit more exciting, somebody a little bit more athletic. What's up, Jupu? Hello, sir. Um, just got done talking with uh, Martin, who had his podium session, which I sent you guys the picture. When it started and you had DaCosta and you had McCarthy going, there was barely anybody there. But Martin was gracious enough to answer a lot of questions. And then as those pressers kind of wound down, Everybody from those pressers ran over to talk to Martin, which was interesting. But, B, what, what has a ton of value, and just looking at the clock, we're going to have to run this tomorrow, is Martin answered questions for a while afterwards for local reporters. And the local scrums, I, I mean, I don't know if you – were you able to take today's podium session with Martin live? Yeah, we B? took it, but we can't hear nobody asking questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. All we heard was but, his answers. <laughs> but what I was going to tell you is I don't even ask questions at those because they turn, especially here at the combine, because they turn into such a little circus that, and if I know there's a local podium coming after, that's where the real relevant information is going to come. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've said this to you before. I always appreciate Martin's sincerity and, and just – level of seriousness mm -hmm. i mean listen like uh standing asked him hey i don't expect you to tell us much about the cam curl situation but can you at least an update 
And he's just like, no, I can't. Um, we're working on everything. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that level of honesty. And listen, it's your job to not tell us anything. We understand that. But you're not saying anything else that then we ask you about and then that gets contradicted, right? Like yeah. it, it just there's a straightforwardness to which I, I, I appreciate. Um, he, he was pretty – I thought forthcoming about uh, talking about the quarterbacks, about Sam and what might make for a veteran. I thought he was really forthcoming talking about Bien-Ami. Um Did you hear his answer at the podium, B, when he talked about them being fraternity brothers? No. We, we, we kind of got out of it. So I, that's something I want to know. What, what did he say about that? Uh, well, he joked around. He's like, well, listen, I go back with Eric a long time. And, you know, <laughs> he said, there was some question about the enemy said he had a vibe about the job when he was on the plane to DC and Martin's like, yeah, the guy's been in three of the last five Super Bowls and had the number one offense this year. We kind of wanted him. And I just thought it was funny and honest. And then he said, you know, I've known Eric a long time. Uh, We were in the same fraternity. The only thing I was focused on during the press conference during the interview stage was not pissing him off. And I just thought it was funny and honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that. Mayhew does, honestly, as little press as he can, I kind of feel like. And when he does, I said this to him as he was walking away. I was like, Martin, you don't talk to us very much, but it's always very good when you do. We appreciate it. it, it does that kind of mesh with the guy you've known that you won a Super Bowl with? Yeah. It, Martin has never been a, a big talker, you know, but when he spoke, it was important. So I think right now, as like, what, I, what I say about our coach most times, Talks too Raps much. says too much. Right. So <laughs> he might want to take a page from their book where I'm going to answer just the blank, the, the same question. And when I when you ask me certain questions, I'm not going to answer it in a, in, a, in a certain way to where it's going to get me in trouble. Because a lot of his answers carry over that make you want to know something else. I'm with you. Uh, we got a break. Tomorrow we're going to deep dive on all the Mayhew stuff. When we come back, we got to put a couple bets in. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitch and Finley. Beamage, Jordan Reed, the great draft analyst from ESPN, just, just stopped in to say hello. I'm going to publicly book him for later in the week. We're about off the air, but you will come on later this yeah, week, right? Sounds good to me, man. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you mean later that? tomorrow? Because you're not going to be here Friday. Well, it's going to have to be tomorrow. <laughs> I'll track him down. Um, been an interesting couple days in Indy. You know, it, it's remarkable that quarterback always, but – for this commanders team, outside of the outside of the ownership stuff, I mean, Brian, how many people are interested in the 16th overall pick? How many people are interested in it? Yeah, I haven't heard many people even talk about it right now because everything else <laughs> right. keep popping up. All anybody cares about is the ownership, and then there's a little bit of quarterback situation. I think. Um. I look forward to tomorrow playing this sound for you from Mayhew talking about the enemy and then talking about the quarterback. I think Martin did a good job of kind of making it clear that he believes the enemy is the guy, but that there will also obviously be somebody else. Um, I also, I don't know if it's just him not tipping his hand they, at all. You say believe it. Who's he, the guy? I'm sorry. How? Okay, okay. Pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, what, what are you, what was that one? you threw me right there. Because I've been saying this 
for a month now, they really think Howell's the guy. They really think he's going to win the job. Martin had a, a pretty telling comment. He said, you know, of the guys that are going to be available at quarterback this year, they were all pretty much available last year. So we, we feel like we've already scouted them pretty well. Yeah, but I still believe this, Jay. I think that they believe that Howell's going to win the job because ain't nobody else in the building yet. And I think once somebody else comes in the building, then, then we they'll 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 we'll really see if they really believe what they're trying to pre- preach to us. When you have, when you're you. sitting there with only one quarterback on your roster, you say a lot of stuff because ain't nobody else there to talk about. When you start adding other guys on the roster, then we'll see if the same feeling goes up. I hear you, but I would say. I asked Mayhew about the evaluation process for Carson. And he said, yeah, you know, it didn't work out. We wish him luck. And then he said, we also evaluated everybody else last year that's available this year. So on some level, out of everybody they looked at, they chose Carson. And now he's off the board. And they if they picked Carson over everybody else that's available, I can't imagine they're too excited about everybody else that's available. And which is kind of what you and I keep saying about the veterans that are going to be out there. I think last year the choice came down to – the bigger name that was left and you can control, okay? Um, I told you I had a conversation. They would say with somebody right after all that happened. They got a quarterback because they said they, would, they needed a quarterback. He didn't evaluate it with nobody else. He was a guy who they could trade for and they could control him coming here. Let's be real about that. Yeah. So it wasn't such thing as, no, it's like we said, I said we got to get one, so we better get one is basically what happened last year. Now, this year, they got to get it right, man. They got to win. They just got a new offense in mind. They got to do stuff for the right reasons, not just because I said something. And that's why I keep saying, don't talk too much. You can't say stuff always publicly because, you know what, people hold you to it. You know what else people hold you to? What that? Making bets. Let's go, boys. Uh, real quick, Jeff, before you get into it, breaking news coming down. It appears the Caps have also traded Lars Eller. Whoa. Um, that, I mean, that's a big one, man. Lars was on the cup team. Uh, I, we get it, man. They're, they're, they're going to at least put dip their toe into the rebuild world. Um, they've been selling off a lot of pieces, but Lars Eller has been a, a big deal. In Lars for Eller. Some time. Going at Hathaway. Yeah, yeah, man. But Lars was on that cup team. Lars lifted up that Lord Stanley's trophy, and that matters. So best of luck to Lars going to Colorado. That's a damn good team, too. All right, Jeffrey, you're up. Check, check. Can you hear me? There we go. Okay. We're going to go from worst to first. Everybody, let's just take a guess who's in last place. We don't even have to guess because he's always in last Give it up for Brian Mitchell, Mr. Owen, too. Ooh. Hey, man. Owen Mitchell. You think I'm worried about that? I'm I'm, the, I'm a winner all the time, every time. JP. Except in picking bets. I don't care about picking them bets. I got, smi- I got smiles on everybody's faces in here today. They know it. What'd you do to make everybody smile? Uh, <laughs> just answer the damn question. Who, who picking next? All right, we got JP at one and one. We got Landfill at one and one. 
Hey, hey, wait a second. How does Landville get a laser and I get a womp womp? Because he controls the behind the spaceship. What did B Mitch do that everybody's smiling? Why can't anybody tell me the answer? Because you had to be here. Um, and for my bet, <laughs> for my bet tonight, because I'm at two and one, I'm taking Maryland over Ohio State with the money line, and I'm taking Alabama nine and a half over Auburn. It's SEC tournament time, and they finishing off the season with a bang. Auburn, he's Auburn. I also don't think it's SEC tournament time. I think that's not until next week. I I want the Portland Trailblazers, and give me the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I'm taking Liverpool. <laughs> I was actually looking at the Hornets, B, but I'll, I'll back off because yeah, because if you touch I, it, I know it's how go little bad. you want. I know how little you want me involved in, in your action. Um, <laughs> my uh, I, my phone's not working. I can't get a pick. I'm trying to pull it up. What's a good? Uh, give me some college. You can take options. the Hornets. Nah, I'll leave you the Hornets. Give me um, NCAA basketball. Give me. Ooh. I think the Vandy money line is real good. Nah, thank you though. Um, <laughs> so I set him up. DePaul, I think DePaul could be a, could be a great pick. Vandy is actually a good money line plus nine and a half against Kentucky. They they actually can yeah, pull the money that out. Line means they have to win. I mean, my bad, my bad. Uh, points point line. How about <clears throat> the Oklahoma Sooners getting a big old number in Manhattan, Kansas? Trying to find a little look-ahead spot for the Kansas State. Man, Wildcats. you got Maryland. You scared the bet for Maryland? Maryland winning. They, they favorite. Uh, one ahead. Yeah, I'm terrified of that game because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Maryland has won a bunch and should be a bigger favorite than one and a half points. And uh, listen, you know how you always tell me that I tend to mess bets up? I'm yeah. not messing with my boys with a big game tonight with the tournament ahead. So not messing with that whatsoever. Um, I want to thank Sam Fortier for joining us. I want to thank Joey Molinaro for joining us. I want to thank everybody that called in and talked and listened to the program. I'm back in studio tomorrow, assuming the creek don't rise and I get out of Indy. Grant and Danny got Jahan Dotson coming up at 3 o'clock. If you made it this far, I owe you a beer. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.